The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Tim Ford. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. For the final time, checkered flag in the air, and Martin Trex Jr. wins the first day of 500 at the Martinsville Speedway. Hey, baby, we're going to Miami, come on. And you get a plus. And going behind the wall, Chase Elliott pulled out of the pit box and has made the hard left-hand turn. You know, Texas has been a struggle since they repaved it. Phoenix has been also hit or miss, so... You know, I, I do think that our teammates ran well at Texas and in the spring. We we didn't really. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Procore Construction Management Software. Reduce rework and finish jobs faster with Procore. And by Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody, and welcome to NASCAR Live. Here on the Motor Racing Network, Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew. Here with you for yet another weekly get-together, and boy, do we have lots on the table for you to enjoy. On this week's show, we'll be getting you ready for Texas Motor Speedway's AAA Texas 500, which comes up this Sunday. Kyle Busch, Chase Elliott, and others are on the show to preview this race. By the way, three races to go in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series season this weekend, including the AAA Texas 500. This past weekend at Martinsville, Kim Kuhn had a chance to sit down with Joey Logano for a face-to-face interview. That interview was before his post-race scuffle with Denny Hamlin. Joey talking about this year's playoffs and a whole lot more. Some good insight and some good conversation there that you don't want to miss. David Reagan is retiring at the end of the season. I had a chance to catch up with him about his career and the reason he's stepping away from being a full-time Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series driver. NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Noah Gregson is in the championship hunt. We'll hear from him today about his season and his thoughts on this weekend's O'Reilly Auto Parts 300 at Texas. Plus, we'll also have a NASCAR Live Backtracks for Martinsville this week in NASCAR history. We'll also preview the latest MRN Presents podcast and a whole lot more. But first, Kim Kuhn is here to fill us in on all the goings-on on NASCAR social media. Kim, what do you have for us? The Martinsville Speedway had no shortage of drama this past week as the first championship ticket to Homestead was punched by Martin Truex Jr. It was a redemption win for Truex, who was on his way to a victory last year before he was moved by Joey Logano on the final lap at Martinsville. This is a huge win for me personally. Part of the reason I was so mad last year wasn't because of Homestead. I felt like we could still get there, and, and we did. I wanted to win this race. I wanted to win at Martinsville because it had been so. It's been so tough for me. First couple times I came here, I mean, we were terrible. You know, standing here today, that the win here and taking that grandfather clock home is even bigger to me. Truex dominated the first day to 500, leading 464 laps of the total 500. He's the first driver to advance to the championship four at Homestead. A fight ensued following the race between Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, and some crew members. Logano and Denny Hamlin, they had the dust up on the racetrack. Now crew members and Chris Gabehart, the crew chief, holding Denny Hamlin back. And now Joey Logano's crew guys holding him back from each other down here. The two made contact on a late restart, which resulted in Logano's tire going down. Here were Joey's thoughts post-fight. I got fenced <laughs> down the straightaway there. And- I uh, just went to talk about it and was a little frustrated about the situation and just, uh, I don't know, I went down to talk to him didn't really get the answers I was looking for. Hamlin described the reasoning behind why the conversation escalated to more than just talking. Well, we were fine. We were talking, but then he, he thought he was cool and wanted to have the last word and do a little finger poke and then run away. So 
I don't, you know, if you want to talk, let's talk. If you want to fight, let's fight, but don't run away. No suspensions or penalties were assessed to Hamlin and Logano. However, NASCAR did review the tape on Monday and suspended Logano's tire technician, Dave Nichols Jr., for this upcoming race at Texas. Nichols is the crew member who grabbed the back of Hamlin's fire suit and pulled him to the ground. No further action on NASCAR's part is expected to be taken at this time. The day prior in Martinsville, Todd Gilliland earned his first NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series win of the season in the NASCAR Hall of Fame 200 for Kyle Busch Motorsports. What caught people's attention following the event was in-car audio that surfaced as Gillen was crossing the start-finish line to take the checkered flag. I'll get you a clock, buddy. Nice work. Oh, yeah, good. Watch him, watch him, watch him. I knew it was never going to win you guys in the past. Kyle Busch, you can stay in your f***ing motorhome. The majority of the season, team owner Kyle Busch has publicly scrutinized his truck series drivers for not getting results. Gilliland apologized post-race for his comments. It was just kind of heat of the moment, really. Just a lot of emotions. Everyone's heard what he said, and obviously it's true. We should have been running better. I've wanted to win for the last year and a half as well. I'm doing all I can, and the guys at the shop are, you know. So it was pretty much just heat of the moment. Probably wish I didn't say it now, but it is what it is. He said some stuff about me. It is what it is. It is not certain if Gilliland will return to Kyle Busch Motorsports next season. I'm Kim Kuhn. For more on what's trending in NASCAR, visit our social media channels at MRN Radio. And as always, you can catch the latest at MRN.com. Thank you, Kim. Coming up on NASCAR Live, we'll look back at Sunday's first day to 500 with a backtracks. And later, we go face-to-face with Joey Logano. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down. All stages situations. Wheelin designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheelin product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Coming up next, we'll look back at Martinsville with this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spun across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Barney Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach. And the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary races. Daryl simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast provider. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Shane Meal trying to drive away. I can't do everything, but I could do anything and everything I wanted before I got injured. So, Just like many of the great podcasts going, we invite racers in to talk and they tell us their life story. And it's how I feel that matters. It's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. 
Whelan would like to congratulate Martin Truex Jr. and his number 19 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew for the win at Martinsville Speedway. With 50 to go, the team pulled off a fast pit stop to keep Truex in the lead. Flawless, the pit stop for Martin Truex Jr. Four Goodyear Racing Eagles, two Kansas. Actually, I think they needed one can of Sunoco Racing Kill, and Martin Truex Jr. won the battle off from pit road. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series ran its final short track race of the year, the first day to 500 at Martinsville. We've got some of the best in-car audio from that race with this week's NASCAR Live Backtracks. If you're one of those championship eight drivers and you can get the checkered flag today, then you don't necessarily have to worry about Texas or ISM Raceway at Phoenix. You can go ahead and start preparing yourself to try to win a championship. All right, boys. Good job with the pole this weekend. It's always nice to have, especially star one here. We have 500 laps. If it's a playoff winner going to victory lane, they're also going to race for a championship. We'll find out now the green flag is in the air. You ready? Ready. Green, green, green. Denny Hamlin on the outside. You are clear. You are clear. He is getting stuck. Hamlin will lead the way off turn two to the back straightaway. Almarola looking to slide in line in second. He won't have the opportunity to do it. Here comes Martin Truex Jr. to the inside. Caution, caution. Back in the Martinsville Speedway, the Money Lion caution is flying over the first state of 500 for the first time today. 15 is dragging debris behind him. Problem on the left side, Denny Hamlin's crew. Very, very, very slow. He comes in first. He goes out about fifth or sixth. Sorry about that, Denny. Just short on the pump here with these Martinsville cars on the left rear. If I was Denny Hamlin, it'd be some frustration setting in down there right now because there they are, qualified good, had a terrible pit stop. We'll see what happens now. They just got to get their act back together and not let that happen again. There's been plenty of give and take, a lot of it among teammates, but some of it not. When you look in the rearview mirror. Well, that's too spotty, Tommy. Coughing. Cool. Good. Couldn't be more prouder of this effort. Green and white checkered flag is waiting. Truex is going to get there first, and Austin Dillon will stay on the lead lap. That is a huge break for Kyle Larson. Like I said, this is what we talked about. So we get some stage points out of victory. Worst case scenario, we'll end up 18 fourth spots worse than we would have. A problem with the nine car of Chase Elliott. Rusty Wallace, what did you see? Yeah, I think there might have an axle problem on that nine car. Right side, the right side, right side axle. They have a pair of pliers to pull it out. Ben, come over and take this cap off again. You got to push it through. He left pit road just a little while ago, and the car did not accelerate. And going behind the wall, Chase Elliott pulled out of the pit box and has made the hard left-hand turn. They are taking that car back to the garage area. So it just couldn't take any torque. Is that what your basically the issue was? Correct. You know, it just sounded like almost sounded like it had a Gleason in it. You know, that was trying to spin one tire, not the other. It could have been the clutch slipping. I mean that potentially, but it did do it in other years, I thought. What a move by Truex off turn number two, and it will pay off. Truex will get back to the stripe first and see the green and white checkered flag. He's coming hard, 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 hard. All right, green and white checkered right there, bud. Stage winner, MTJ, way to fight for it, baby. Nice work. Cool, they're tired. They're going to let me stand out here. 
Yeah, copy that. A new driver in second. Joey Logano has made his way past the Ryan Blaney machine and quickly pulled away by about four car lengths. Only one exit, one back. I don't need to know where the f he's beating me, okay? I know where he's beating me. Careful, man. Got a long way to go here. Stay with it. Trouble well, off the turn number four. Kyle Busch and Eric Almirola. 10, 18, wrecking each other right here. Stay low, stay low, stay low. Gas up, still outside. Come back middle, come back middle, still outside. We're leaning hard on one another. Other cars get collected. Kyle Larson gets a piece of it. I got damaged, uh, but the steering's fine. Uh, it's, it's probably just cosmetic. Yeah, it didn't look bad when he came by here. We'll look at it again. Joey Logano, a little bit of smoke off the side of that machine. He's got a cut tire. Got a tire rub there. We'll keep an eye on it. Hold the brake, hold the brake, hold the brake, hold the brake. He slides up the wall, keeps it off the safer barrier, tries to spin it out, saves it in turn four and continues. Real slick down here. Hold the brake, 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 hold the brake. What a save by Joey Logano, but he will drop like a rock through the field. He's going to have to save it again in one, and he won't do it. Around goes Joey Logano. He does not touch anything. Get it fired up and get ready to roll here. Get it fired up after... Get ready, come on, one more, go, 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 go. The contact was courtesy of the right side of Denny Hamlin's race car. Hamlin wedged Logano up against the safer barrier. Caution, caution behind you, caution. Stumbling, James. You must not know me. Yeah, a dominant performance. He took him to the woodshed. Truex is off turn four. Hey, baby, we going to Miami, come on. And you get a clock. And that's three wins in the state of Virginia this year. For the final time, checkered flag in the air, and Martin Trex Jr. wins the first day of 500 at the Martinsville Speedway. Hell yeah, boys. <laughs> Martinsville. Yeah. After a lot of stress and a lot of strife, Martin Truex Jr. finally got his first Martinsville clock. Coming up, we'll go face-to-face -face with Team Penske driver Joey Logano, and later we'll preview racing at Texas Motor Speedway. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry. On race day, you can save a ton of fuel by drafting in the pack, but you'll never win if you don't stay up on the wheel. It's like in the construction business. You can either keep up with the competition or leave them in the dust with the Procore Construction Management Platform. Whether you're a GC, specialty contractor, or owner, Procore's software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. To learn more, visit Procore.com. NASCAR Coast to Coast on MRN.com and Motor Racing Network's Facebook. Join me, Kyle Rickey, and Hannah Newhouse as we talk with the next generation of NASCAR stars and established local and regional racers each Wednesday at 1 Eastern time. Or subscribe, download, and listen on your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast. Grassroots NASCAR racing from the Motor Racing Network. We'll go face-to-face -face with Joey Logano next. This is NASCAR. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down. This is our sport. This is our house. 
Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. Before the race at Martinsville on Sunday, Kim Kuhn had a chance to sit down with the reigning Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series champion, Joey Logano, to talk about this year's playoffs, fatherhood, and a lot more. It's this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Logano, the only chase contender coming in who had never won in Phoenix, and now he's changed that, and he's headed to Miami. You've won at each of the three tracks in the round of eight. Does that kind of put you at any sort of ease headed into this round? Uh, you can't rely on your past to predict the future very often. Um, you know, there, there are good tracks for us, and, and that part's good. This year is a lot different than any other year we've raced at them. Uh, with this new, you know, with the 550 package at Texas, so different than when we won there. Is the shoot the track's even different. <laughs> before they repaved it. So, uh, you know, but we did have a good run there in the spring, so I, I look forward to, to going there. And Phoenix has been a little bit of a struggle for us. Um, we ran better there in the spring than we have there in the, in the past four or five races, but, um, you know, I think we're making some progress on it, but it's definitely been a challenging track. This reign as champion is coming to a close. For you, kind of looking back at the last year, being the title holder, what would you say the highlight is? Um, highlights. Well, I tell you, at the racetrack, nothing really changes. Um, but there's a lot of really cool things, and, and it's hard to top just a moment w- when it happened, right? I mean, this, that was that was definitely the highlight, right? Crossing the finish line and seeing everyone for the first time, that was that was the highlight. There's nothing that can can get even close to that. But um, you know, I think afterwards, seeing um, you know Ford and seeing Roush Yates and um, you know, seeing Pennzoil and Shell and just seeing the group of people that had so much to do with it that sometimes you just, you get in your own little world at the racetrack and you think of your little team that's here. But when we're able to make the tour and, and be able to see everyone, you start to realize, oh my gosh, this team's thousands and thousands of people large. And I think that's something that I, I, is really neat for me to be able to see. So um, I really enjoyed, you know, that part. And going to the White House was really cool. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. They get a cool yeah. patch on my suit. That part's really cool, but it's it's over, right? You got to do it again. That's that's pretty much how it works. And if you were to do it again, what would a second championship say about Joey Logano as a driver? Uh, well, it'd be twice as much as I have now. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess you guys will figure out what that says. <laughs> Looking at the other drivers in the round of eight, I know we still have three races to get to before we even think about the championship four. Who do you feel like is your biggest competition? It's so tough. It's track dependent, in all honesty. Um, there's some tracks that there's just cars and drivers that are just good at, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at the you know Larson in Miami, right? He's really good there. He's never won there, but he's mm-hmm. led a ton of laps. Um, you know, I, I think when you uh, there, the Gibbs cars are going to be strong. They're going to be tough to beat. Um, really, at this point, the round of eight is, I know it's good. You yeah. know, like it's not like there's a couple in there that, oh, this one would be easier to knock out than the other. I know it's pretty, pretty good at this point. <laughs> and so, 
uh, you can't have a bad race when you get here. You know, we, we got through with, with having a bad race the last round um, in the round of 12, but at this point, you can't afford to do that anymore. So you just got to be perfect. You have a new look that you've been sporting, I would say, what, for the past month with the glasses, but you wear them in the race car, too. Have they helped you? Have they helped you at all? Or have you realized, have you realized, man, I really couldn't see what was going on in the track? I was laughing because uh, I was just talking to Boyer and he was telling me that they took down the signs on the back straightaway uh, here at Martinsville. And I said, what signs? I've never seen them before. (laughs) As I never realized they were gone. <laughs> so that was a joke. But uh, I do, um, you know, it, it kind of just gives me HD vision in a way. Like I'm able to see better uh, from far away, which is a good thing, I think, in a race car. Um, you know, it helps see debris and um, pit signs and things like that. So, um, you know, obviously I can get by without them on. Yeah. But, but I think the you know, being able to see those details are, is a good thing. So I, I'm never okay with the car just being okay. So why should I be okay with my vision being okay? Right? Sure. I want it to be great. So uh, that's kind of why we I went that way. You and Brittany announced that you're expecting a second little one. Yeah. How are you feeling? Are you excited, nervous, overwhelmed? Yep. Because, I mean, you, it doubles. All the above. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be man on man coverage now. Yeah, it's really scary. Uh, but we're really excited. Um, my wife and we joke all the time cuz Hudson's awesome now, but like the first year with him was rough. Like he was he's a tough baby. Uh, just defiant and what he wants and cried a lot nonstop. Didn't sleep. Uh, mm-hmm. and now we have a good system. And we're like, boy, are we about to do this whole thing again? You know, and, and, and uh, so we're a little nervous from that standpoint, probably like any uh, new parents would be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're excited as well. You know, it's, it's, it is really cool to, to bring another life into this world. And um, it, it definitely, like I said, it's changed, having a kid changed my perspective on life probably more than anything. So um, I can only imagine what Sue's like. Does Hudson understand what it's like to be a big brother? Like, has he gotten the concept? Have you guys told him? Yeah, like, so I think he kind of gets it. Now, he's, he's not even two yet, but, you know, who says there's a baby in mommy's belly, and, and he points to mommy's belly, a baby, and he named him Buzz Lightyear. Okay, point. I was going to ask. His name's Buzz, if you ask Hudson. And, uh, so so maybe, <laughs> I don't think that name's going to stick, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's pretty excited about it, and... Um, yeah, we, anytime our, our friends, a few of our friends have some younger babies, and uh, so we, Hudson, like, really is excited to meet oh, good. small babies, which is good, and he holds them, and, like, he thinks it's cool, so, um, I think he's going to be a, a good big brother, I think. Time will tell. He could get a little jealous, sure. I don't know, but he seems to be pretty good with, with kids so far. And I get that he's talking a lot more lately. Any funny catchphrases? <laughs> <laughs> or do you have to be more? Do you, do you have to be more careful what you say around him? Well, here's what happened: is I taught my friends' kids some words they probably shouldn't know because I thought it was funny, and I didn't have a kid. And now that we do, um, payback has been a you know what, um, and they've taught him some some funny uh, little phrases that um, he randomly will just say. Um, which may not be the best, so <laughs> we'll have to rein that back in. But it's pretty funny at this point, but um, not much. The, the funny one was the other day as we were on the golf cart, um, and we were waiting on Brittany to come out. And I said, we got to wait on your hot mama. And he goes, hot mama? And I'm like, oh, no. And oh, know no. Not everyone was hot dad dad. It was hot, like, everything. Every, everything Everything's hot. hot. Yeah, so hot Mimi. <laughs> it was everyone, so it was kind of funny. <laughs>
That's Joey Logano and Kim Kuhn on this week's NASCAR Live face-to-face interview. Coming up, we'll preview the AAA Texas 500 this weekend. And later, David Reagan will join us as he gets ready to step away from NASCAR racing at the end of 2019. Seats are getting filled. NASCAR's Cowboys fire up their steel horses. The atmosphere around it is really special. Everything at that race is just exaggerated from a normal weekend. The view is unbelievable. I feel the push of the fans out there. You know how excited they are and how much they're looking forward to hopefully having a chance to go after a championship. Fans jumping up and down, yelling, screaming, losing their minds. Plan your weekend for the next Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoff race today by visiting NASCAR.com slash tickets. For five decades, the Motor Racing Network has been the voice of NASCAR. And now, it's time to tell our story. They are in turn two in front of Mike Joy. With help from some of the sport's iconic voices. Oh, crap, and I spin around. Here comes Richard Petty. I'm Fred Armstrong. Join me for MRN's newest podcast series. MRN presents 50 Years, the voice of NASCAR. Available for download on MRN.com. And wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, and others talk about this weekend's AAA Texas 500 at... Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. 5-Hour Energy. Energy for hunkering down. HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires. Ride on our street. Clutch Coffee Bar in Mooresville, North Carolina is redefining the drive through coffee game in Race City, USA. The Clutch experience is fast, friendly, and delicious. Quality drinks and unmatched customer service is the name of the game. Clutch Coffee Bar offers signature lattes and mochas, custom flavor-infused energy drinks, smoothies, and more. Over 25 flavors, there's something for everyone. Visit our two locations in Mooresville, 356 Williamson Road and 154 West Plaza Drive. Open daily from 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. Power up today with Clutch Coffee Bar. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This weekend, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series is heading off to the Lone Star State of Texas for a preview of the AAA Texas 500 race weekend. Here is NASCAR Today Midday's Kyle Ricky. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs continue this week as teams head to the Texas Motor Speedway. The final tune-up at an intermediate track for championship hopefuls. The same style track where they will race for a championship in two weeks at Homestead. The last time teams raced on a mile and a half track was at the Kansas Speedway two weeks ago. Joey Logano says the racing, however, will be much different in Texas. Kansas is such a different racetrack than Texas is. You don't have that you know, D-shaped front straightaway that makes the track really wide. You have more of that, I guess they call it a quad oval. I don't know what they call these things, but the one when they have the quarter mile in the middle. Um, that tightens it up a lot to where there's not really a four wide opportunity. There's three wide and three wide's tight um, to get through there. You know, and you have a much narrower turns one and two than Kansas does, at least from the groove part of it. And then, you know, three and four, you're, you're pretty much wide open all the way through that one. So just a lot different racetrack. In the spring at the Texas Motor Speedway, it was Denny Hamlin who was victorious. Hamlin remains in the playoff hunt, currently above the championship cut line. 
He says if they unload as fast as they did in the spring, they'll be in great shape. I mean, if my car's that fast, then it'll be pretty easy. It always is easy when you have a fast car, but, you know, the, the line choice and things like that, I was very apprehensive to put, you know, guys with four tires right on the outside of me of all places, especially on a mile, mile and a half. But I just felt like the bottom is where I was most successful. I've uh, seen other guys be successful down there. I didn't really pay attention to teammates or anything like that. I just did what I thought was best for me to try to win, and uh, it worked out. As for Hamlin's Joe Gibbs Racing teammate Kyle Busch, Strong restarts are the key to success in the Lone Star State. You know, the, the banking's not quite there to hold you like it used to be, and uh, the, the track ends are very different, three and four different than one and two. So, you know, you kind of see it, especially with the Xfinity cars, with the, the lower downforce, they have a bit more issues. We've seen some late race restarts and some problems for some guys in that race a couple times. You know, for us, it's no different. You know, we learned some things last week, I think, at Kansas that helped our car, and uh, hopefully we can transfer some of that knowledge to uh to texas and his homestead as well the texas motor speedway was both reconfigured and repaved in 2017 and since chase elliott and team have struggled to find their footing there you know i I do think that our teammates ran well at texas and in the spring we we didn't really um but you know i think for us if we show up and be on our game each of these three weeks I, i feel like we can have a shot to win in one of these three races and and hopefully more than one of them that'd be even better so uh yeah i I think we can i think we can temper wins and you know hopefully more than one of these next three races and elliott had problems this past week in martinsville and is currently below the championship cut line following texas the series will race at the ism raceway in phoenix where four drivers will be eliminated while four drivers will continue their hunt for the 2019 championship the following week at Homestead Miami Speedway. Thank you, Kyle. One team that's going to need a good run in Texas is Chase Elliott. His crew chief, Alan Gustafson, talked with our Steve Post on the challenges of racing at TMS. When you're setting a car up, when you're looking at Texas, what types of things are you conscious as you put a car together? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, with the reconfigure, it's kind of unique. One and twos, you know, flat now, and the way that the Exeter 2 is, it really tightens up, so... One and two is really the most difficult area of the track, and you have to have your car turn well there and get off the tur- of turn two well and not be loose into turn one. So three and four is kind of non-eventful now. It's uh, with the speeds of the cars and the configuration, you're pretty much flat through there. So um, most of the issues, you know, just dealing with one and two and getting your car to drive, get through there, and that kind of sets up your rest of your lap. So it's, so it's really one of those that kind of it sounds like it tests every aspect of the car from the speed to the aerodynamics to the chassis. Is that the case with Texas? Yeah, I mean, they all do anymore. You know, it's uh, they're all, you know, you got to have everything. So uh, you got to have the car driving good. You know, it's, that's crucial. And you got to have the accelerator on the floor. If it's not on the floor, then probably not going to be going as fast as you could be. So, uh, you know, the speed comes into play. And certainly, um, you know, if you can hold the car wide open and then, you know, you start focusing on trimming the car a little bit more and getting more speed. So from what I can tell, it's going to be a little cooler. You know, that'll that'll help the grip of the track and probably allow you to be a bit more aggressive on config and get it uh, the cars to run a little faster. Hendrick Motorsports across the board, and specifically you guys with a nine car, assess where you're at on these intermediate tracks now as we wind down, and obviously a couple of critical ones coming up for you guys. Yeah, I mean, our performance has been pretty good. Texas certainly isn't one of our... Uh, statistically our best tracks but um yeah i mean every every week's a new week and you just got to go in there and try to do the best you can so uh, i think we've got the 
parts and pieces in place and the cars, and and I just got to go do our jobs, and we should have a shot to win. When we get to this level of the playoff, I know you guys are intense. You're trying to win every week. I don't like that question, but is it different at this level of the season? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's the racing's no different, and your intention, you're trying to win every race, trying to lead every lap, you know, win every stage. It doesn't really change, but... I think the finality of it all, right? As you come down, you know, each 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 race is more important, and and uh, the impact it can have on your season is is much more uh, than it is earlier in the season. So I think just the the amount of races left and the and the impact that those small amount of races have on the potential outcome for your year uh, your year is significantly uh, heightened during this time of year. So that that's what changes. You know, you know here uh, week to week that that. You win, you're moving on. If you don't or have an issue, you're going to be in a deep hole. So uh, not as quite as, as, as stressful during the, reason, uh, during the season. Well, we appreciate the time. Best of luck this weekend. Thank you. That's Chase Elliott's crew chief, Alan Gustafson. Coming up on NASCAR Live, David Reagan will stop by. And later, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Noah Gregson stops by as well. G'day, America. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right. Outback delivery is here. Now you can enjoy all your Outback favourites anywhere. Our signature centre-cut sirloin at home. It's here. Or game-day party platters with kookaburra wings that'll have both teams cheering. It's here. Or steak and lobster for a date night at home. It's here. Head over to Outback.com and place your orders because Outback delivery is here. Outback Steakhouse. Aussie rules. Delivery availability varies. Delivery charge may apply. Hey guys, Corley Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. We talk racing. Listen, a lot's happened. We talk about the race and your spectacular sixth place finish. Yeah, it was fantastic. Daryl, maybe you should start off by telling us why you weren't here last week. And just life. What is the biggest difference this, this week? Because you, you look oh, a little well, more pregnant. I found out I have a third nipple. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. There's our next promo. David Reagan is coming up next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's a special message for those of you who owe the IRS at least 10000 or more in back taxes. The IRS has special programs in place that could eliminate or reduce your tax debt by thousands of dollars. Call the Federal Tax Management Helpline that has been set up for you, 800-242-1706. Stop the wage garnishments, levies, and tax liens now. Once you've qualified and enrolled, the IRS will stop all the collection activities against you. These unique programs have been allocated to help the economy and significantly reduce or eliminate your tax burden. The IRS is currently accepting reduced settlements and other favorable programs. You may qualify for substantial savings, so get the help you need. If you owe more than 10000 in taxes, call for free information and to see if you qualify. Take down the number now for the Federal Tax Management Hotline, 800-242-1706. That's 800-242-1706. 800-242-1706. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Thanks for joining us on this week's NASCAR Live. At the end of the season, Front Row Motorsports driver David Reagan will be stepping down from NASCAR's top division. It's a career that dates all the way back to 2006. David Reagan and Matt Kenseth showing the way as more cars crash off turn number four at the line. David Reagan will win the Coke Zero 400. Growing up in Georgia... When did you aspire to be a NASCAR driver? You know, I loved racing as a kid. My father 
race some of the NASCAR series. I was a little young to remember that, but I really remember going to the short tracks, asphalt tracks, dirt tracks when I was six, seven, eight, nine years old. And I wanted to race. I wanted to race, but my dad was still racing. Uh, they were involved in different uh, divisions. Uh, my uncle owned a track. Uh, he owned the wrecker service that went to the local short track where I, I grew up at, just outside of Unadella, Georgia. So, you know, I, I just loved racing. I never really thought about being a NASCAR driver. When I started racing when I was 12, which is a lot later start compared to some of the young kids today, I, I was just having fun. I enjoyed the speed, the, the thrill of mashing the gas and, and feeling that, that sensation. And I enjoyed working on the cars. I enjoyed having a little toolbox and having a trailer and kind of understanding uh, how to assemble a car, how to fix a car that's torn up. And, and I never really thought about, hey, I want to make this a career until I probably got into my later teens, probably 16, 17 years old. Uh, you know, you're in high school, and at that point, you're starting to think, man, am I going to go to school? Am I going to go get a real job, or am I going to be able to keep doing this? And, and as I found that I was pretty good, I still enjoyed working on the cars. I had some uh, opportunities to uh, drive a late model car, drive a, an ARCA car, and I thought, man, I, I can make this happen. And that's when I had that passion. I said, hey, I'm going to sacrifice all the other fun stuff that comes with high school and going to college and different things like that and try to make it a career. You obviously uh, made inroads into the Xfinity Series and up into the Cup Series. So what was it like? First of all, how did you lay the groundwork that, hey, I'm interested, I want to be maybe be a Bush Series driver, I want to get my feet wet. How did you make it known, and how did that opportunity come available to you? Yeah, so we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina as a family. My dad said, look, if you're serious about this, if we're going to go racing, we didn't really have the money to, to do it as a family. We had to find people to let me drive their car, let me work in their race shop. Uh, we did have a few family friends and a few sponsors that, you know, could help us bankroll maybe a few short track ARCA races or something like that. But that was about as much as we could do ourselves. And so when I was um, a, I don't know, 11th grade in 2003, we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina in Kannapolis. And I rented a little shop uh, up in Lexington, North Carolina. Had a late model car that I ran up at Caraway Speedway. Uh, you know, part-time, ran a few ARCA races uh, out of our own shop uh, that year as well. We went to Lake Erie, went to South Boston, uh, maybe Nashville, a couple like that. And so had some moderate success, was able to uh, meet some of the different owners and kind of start that conversation. And that was at a point where the NASCAR series was really booming. Uh, big teams were hiring a couple young drivers at the time, uh, a lot different than what it is today. So I really came in at a good time uh, to where there were multiple opportunities uh, with, with the big teams. that They wanted a young 16-, 17-year-old guy to groom through the ARCA series, maybe the trucks, the Xfinity series. So uh, my first big break was, was really when I got to, to drive some bush cars for Wayne Day, uh, the 31W insulation team in Nashville, uh, Tennessee. I ran his ARCA car that year. We won a race. We led the points for a little while. Uh, sat on some poles, a lot of top fives, top tens. So I got some good experience. Well, he let me drive his Xfinity car a few tracks. He let me drive it in Texas. I uh, got to go to Milwaukee, Bristol, Memphis, a few of those tracks. And that's where I got my experience that I needed for the next year when Jack Roush had his Driver X show, uh, the gong show as they called it. Um, I hopped in one of those Craftsman trucks and I felt at home because I was able to have that success under my belt uh, that previous year. And here we stand in 2019 where it's time to step away and it's time to 
go do other things. When did you know it was time? You know, it, it took me a little while to think about it and, and dwell on it. Um, I still feel like I am young. I'm 33 years old, and I, I love racing. I love hopping in that race car and mashing the gas and, you know, thinking about how can I go faster. That That's something that I, I stay awake at night thinking about stuff like that sometimes. But really the start of this year, 2019, you know, leaving and, and having my, my two girls ask, well, you know, why do you have to leave? Or when are you coming home? And, you know, seeing them grow up through pictures that my wife would send me on the weekends and, you know, missing uh, swim lessons and missing soccer practice on Saturday mornings and not being able to do this school function and go on this field trip on a Thursday or Friday. And, and like, I just started uh, really a little journal thinking about, you know, every week, you know, was I more happy at the racetrack or did I miss being home? And about halfway through the season, you start totaling up, uh, you know, what I was missing versus what I was enjoying. And I was missing more than what I was enjoying at the racetrack. So, you know, I feel like that if, if wife and kids and my, my personal life wasn't involved, uh, I still want to be a, a race car driver. But uh, ultimately, I made the decision to get married and made the decision to have some kids. And so I feel like that's uh, the most important thing uh, in my life. If I were to get a few more wins or, you know, uh, another two or three hundred starts, that, that really wouldn't change my life any at all. Uh, but if I can, you know, have a good marriage and, and grow young kids to be, young adults and and send them on their way i feel like that that i can make a bigger impact with them than i would a couple more years of racing and and i think in order to be a race car driver you've got to be dedicated now i see the guys they might not admit it personally or publicly but uh when you have other duties and responsibilities outside of this garage area it's a distraction you know when you're thinking about this this and your family and this vacation and spot and and what you're going to do with this other investment and this other business uh, it's a distraction from from your work so i just couldn't let that that happen and it's not fair to the team that sacrifices a lot it's not fair to my sponsors to my car owner that spends millions of dollars out of his pocket so if i wasn't willing to give it 100 percent i didn't need to be here what about a racing moment give me your number one racing moment whether it be in cup bush xfinity wherever your number one racing moment that you'll take with you? Well, it's hard not to to beat the Talladega win for Front Row Motorsports. I mean, in my time at Roush, I was expected to win and, and went in a couple of the Bush races. Our cars were fast enough that, that I probably should have won some more. Um, you know, the, the win at Daytona was, was big for UPS and big for Roush racing at the time. But, again, you're expected to win. You've got good cars. You've got good people. But at Front Row Motorsports in 2013, we really weren't expected to win that race at Talladega. And not only did we win, our teammate finished second. It was a 1-2 finish. So that was really special for our car owner. It was his first win. They are leaning on one another, coming back to the start-finish line. Up front, it is David Reagan all by himself. Here he comes through the tri-oval, and David Reagan has won here at Talladega. He wins the Aaron's 499. And and that was a a great uh, defining moment in, in my career. After leaving a big team, I was able to get one more win with a, uh, a smaller uh, team that was just starting. So that was uh, a moment that, that I'll, I'll certainly remember with my family being there, Bob Jenkins and his family being there. Uh, that was a lot of, of, of uh, excitement in that victory lane. Uh, it was a drama-filled race, you know, a last couple of laps passed. So everything about that race and that weekend was pretty special to, to go back and, and think about that. Uh, that, that. That was neat. Well, on behalf of a lot of folks inside the sport and MRN, 
Um, I thank you for being the great guy you are. It was great calling your races. It was great seeing you on the racetrack. Celebrate those successes. Watch you work your way up to the ranks. And, um, you know, you're going to be remembered as a classy guy, a guy that did the right thing, and a guy that was always great to be around. And we appreciate for having you in the sport. Yeah, I appreciate that, Bagman. Uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, you know, getting to spend some time with, with you guys and getting to know everyone. This is a very close-knit community because we are with each other a lot of times. And we all have a passion for stock car racing. Uh, and I'm still as big a fan as, as anyone. Uh, I'll still be around some. Uh, but you may, you know, see me sitting up in the grandstands with uh, – uh, with a six-pack of beer, getting ready to watch the race at Darlington or something like that. You never know. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll hopefully we'll be around, get to race a few races here and there in some of the different series and go back to some short tracks and uh, have a little bit of fun and, and hang out with the family some. David Reagan will be sorely missed around these NASCAR garages. Coming up, Noah Gregson's going to join the show. And later we'll preview the latest MRN Presents podcast on MRN.com. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. Soon, you'll have a separate fridge in the basement where extra groceries are exiled forever. Remember that frozen lasagna? Of course you don't. It's been down there since 2008. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Piece of cake. Behind the lasagna, it's very old. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. NASCAR Xfinity Series championship contender Noah Gregson is next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments. Experience realistic racing simulators and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. The race to the championship is coming through the desert. It's the Blue Green Vacations 500 NASCAR semifinal race weekend at Phoenix's ISM Raceway. Now, after a $178 million modernization project, it's more personal than ever. With access that gets you into the infield and NASCAR garages and even closer to the cars and drivers. Don't miss the Blue Green Vacations 500 semifinal race weekend at ISM Raceway, November 8th through the 10th. Lock in your seats now at ismraceway.com. Motor Racing Network presents Building Toward a Championship, presented by Procore. Martinsville winner Martin Truex Jr. is excited about contending for the 2019 Cup Series Championship. But winning at Martinsville was a personal achievement. I wanted to win this race. I wanted to win at Martinsville because it had been so. It's been so tough for me. And um, first couple times I came here, I mean, we were terrible. I mean, awful. You know, I, I seen Bono yesterday. He used to be my crew chief, Kevin Bono Mannion. 
And we've joked about how bad we <laughs> bad we ran here the first couple times. Building Toward a Championship is presented by Procore. Whether you're a GC, a specialty contractor, or an owner, Procore's construction management software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. No matter what you're building, Procore can help you finish ahead of the competition. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're chugging on along here on this week's edition of NASCAR Live. We're so glad you joined us. One of the eight contenders for this year's NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship is junior motorsports driver Noah Gregson. Recently, MRN's Woody Kane talked with Noah about his season and this weekend's O'Reilly Auto Parts 300 at Texas. You mentioned that you feel like you guys are peaking at the right time, and it seems like your finishes have been getting better, where you're running during the stages have been getting better. You and your teammate Justin Allgaier are running very well. Eight guys left. I think you're seventh uh, in the standings right now. Two races left to get it done. Tell me about where this team has evolved from where you were at the beginning of the season to where you are now. I think we're we're a completely different race team, and really it starts with the leadership of, of our, my crew chief, Dave Ellens. He's done a great job just kind of bringing – all of us together on the team, building our team chemistry up. I've learned so much throughout this year. I'm a completely different driver than I was at Daytona and Atlanta, Vegas um, at the very beginning of the year. And so just growing as a, as a driver, as a person, as a leader on this race team, I'm, uh, I'm very thankful to be a part of it because Dave Ellens, he knows how to build champions. And I'm really excited for these next couple of races coming up because I feel like we're going to have a shot to win them. Do you think that, that that teamwork and that camaraderie is kind of underestimated in motorsports compared to other sports? Because in football, everybody looks at the quarterback, kind of like the driver and the the crew chief being the coach situation. But the other guys, you don't hear or see a lot about unless there's like a mistake on pit road or something like that. Do you feel like it's underrated in motorsports? Definitely. I feel like you have to be together as a team and it's really hard to build a team up, and it's it's very easy to destroy a team's focus and confidence. So uh, being the, the driver, I need to be the one who's a leader. When times are going bad, I need mm-hmm. to be the positive one. It's really easy to be positive when things are going good, but just like uh, tearing your team down, you can also tear it apart when things are going bad. So just that's one thing. I've been reading a book here lately called 25 Ways to Win with People, and mm-hmm. that's kind of helped me just kind of learn how to – focus in maybe the harder times and and how to keep positive keep just everybody's energy up and uh, right now it's it's really jiving for us and I feel really confident with our team tell me about your team's position going into Texas not points position but how you feel about racing that track well I feel really really good there that's probably one of the best racetracks we've been at throughout this whole year um, with the junior motorsports number nine team so we were able to kind of run up front and and get a lot of points um, throughout that race. Kyle Busch was in that race. And so we're in a position where we have to win, I feel like. Um, it's going to be hard to beat Justin Allgaier. Um, he's, I think, 17 points up from the cut line right now. So I don't wish bad luck on anybody, but it's it's one but of those deals <laughs> where um, I'm not going to be um, discouraged if they have bad luck. So I feel like we can, uh, we can go there and mm-hmm. win the race. Phoenix, I'm not really sure. I feel confident in how I was there in the truck but I wasn't very good there earlier in the springtime in the car so it's going to be interesting to see how these next two races go but a lot of aggressiveness going to be coming from my uh, myself that's Noah Gregson of Junior Motorsports and our Woody Kane coming up we'll preview the latest MRN presents podcast on MRN.com and later we'll look back on this week in NASCAR history hi folks Mike Bagley here at MRN we rely on equipment from racing electronics Joey Logano to the lead on the back 
Replacing electronics as scanners and headphones, we can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. The 1993 Cup Series season had more than its fair share of twists and turns. Checkered flags waving. I look in my mirror, and here's Earnhardt right on my tail, and he goes down low to pass me. And I said, oh, no, you don't. As Wallace spins, Wallace's car goes on its nose. Here's stories that you've never heard before in a 10-part series called The 1993 Season. And Davey was behind me, and we came off the corner, and there's a guy standing in the middle of a racetrack. You can download it for free on iTunes and at MRN.com right now. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Oh, we're putting a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. But first, we want to tell you about the latest podcast on MRN.com called MRN Presents 50 Years, The Voice of NASCAR. This week's episode is about the booming 90s and how the sport and motor racing network grew together in popularity. In 1993, Barry Vermont's Dave Booty joined the team maybe a little sooner than he'd expected. My first race was really during speed weeks, the year that I auditioned. And I ended up going out after Dave Despain basically said, I'm a motorcycle guy. I don't know a heck of a lot about stock cars. Send him out there instead of spotting for me and just let him call the race. Welcome to the broadcast for the very first time. Mike Bagley of Milford, Delaware, will be seeing the cars come straight at him from his position in turn one. Thank you, Eli. Good afternoon, everyone. Turn one is a 90-degree right-hander. The banking... Actually, the racetrack falls away from the race drivers as they enter the corner. MRN anchor Alex Hayden's path to the motor racing network was equally unique. So I'm terrified. I'm just worried about getting to the position, let alone calling a race. And I get two steps out of the truck and start my walk, and I hear this big booming voice from behind say, Hey, new guy. Don't mess this up. Thanks, Alan. Good afternoon, everybody. As Joe mentioned, the in- back pit entrance is on the exit of turn two. Therefore, the pit exit of the backstretch is right at the entrance to turn number three. Hayden's co-anchor, Grand Rapids, Michigan's Jeff Striegel, came on board, but not without overcoming some obstacles. I'm afraid of heights, but I was positioned in turn number four. That is on top the roof of the suites up there. You're as high up as anywhere that we broadcast from, and I inched my way close to the edge no no railings no nothing you're just up there on your own that's all from this week's podcast series mrn presents 50 years the voice of nascar you can download the show for free at mrn.com itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts before we head for the exits Susie armstrong is standing by with this week in nascar history thanks mike this week we shuttle back to 1983 Benatar tops the charts, marching to a fourth Grammy with Love is a Battlefield. Ronald Reagan pens a proclamation honoring Martin Luther King Jr. by establishing a national holiday in the late civil rights leader's honor. Country music television beat the Nashville Network's launch by 48 hours to become the first country music cable television network. And Terry Labonte was on his way to his second career victory in the American 500 at North Carolina Motor Speedway. Labonte calmly guides the Budweiser Chevrolet into turn number three, sticks it dead right in the middle of that groove, and he continues to lead still four car lengths. He's well on his way to the win. Here's Terry Labonte out of the fourth quarter, comes down, and the fans give him a cheer, and Labonte waves to them as he takes the checkered flag and wins the Hudson American 500. 1995. 
Mariah Carey's Fantasy writes a page in music lore, becoming the second single in history to debut at number one on Billboard's Top 100. Cleveland's loss is Baltimore's gain, as the charm city beckons the Browns away from their faithful Ohio fans. Adding insult to injury, the Cleveland Indians lose to the Atlanta Braves in Game 6 of the World Series. And Ricky Rudd kept a yearly winning streak alive, claiming the checkers in the Duralube 500 at Phoenix Raceway. Looking good, coming back into turn number one. Ricky Rudd with a five-car length lead on a great second-place battle. Earnhardt trying to the outsider. Derek Copet won't work. He's back in third. Ricky Rudd down the backstretch. He's on his way to a victory here at Phoenix. Now, here comes the battle for second. Earnhardt again tapping the rear bumper of Derek Cope. Cope under control, though. He still has second spot. The streak began in June of 83. The streak continues. Rudd will win. Cope is second. Earnhardt third. 2011, Blake Shelton tops the country charts with Red River Blues' second number one single, God Gave Me You. Snow pummeled the northeastern United States, knocking out the power grid from Maryland to Maine. Netflix suffered a mass exodus as nearly a million subscribers say hasta la vista to the streaming service after a rate hike. And Tony Stewart said hello to Victory Lane, heating up the championship with a win in the Tums Fast Relief 500 at Martinsville Speedway. Tony Stewart taking the lead on the outside lane. Logano head on in the wall. Right front tire cut down. Joey rides the safer barrier all the way around three and four. Throttle may be stuck on that machine. He's still going full throttle down the front view. But Tony Stewart did take the white flag. He's coming around to score the win this afternoon at Martinsville. If he can hold off Jimmy Johnson, Jimmy gets into the rear deck coming off turn number four. Checkered flag is out. Tony Stewart's going to score the win in the Tums Fast Relief 500. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. That's going to put a wrap on this week's show. We'd like to thank Joey Logano for joining us. Also, we'd like to thank David Reagan, Noah Gregson, and Alan Gustafson for making time for us this week. I'm Mike Bagley. For the rest of the MRN crew, we thank you so much for joining us this week. Can't wait to talk to you again right here next week on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida and was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Five-hour energy is energy on the go. Well, what if you're not going anywhere for a while? Then five-hour energy is for getting stuff done while you're stuck at home, like doing an honest day's work for your boss. Getting rid of old clothes. Oh, my old bell-bottoms. Scouring the grout in your shower. Working out on that old stationary bike. And so much more. Go to the store or order online at shop5hourenergy.com. Five-hour energy. Energy for hunkering down.